This is Invest Like a Honeybee, the podcast where you learn to be smart with your money and invest wisely. Before we get started, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not an investment advisor. Please make sure you discuss any changes to your portfolio with your registered advisors. I may continue to hold stocks I discuss in this podcast or not, depending on when you listen to this podcast. This is about Invest Like a Honeybee. I'm Henry J. Speck. Let's get started. I'm Hank Speck. I hope you have an amazing day. And this podcast, I have a special guest, and, and it was just so great to hear from her. She uh, focuses on financial management and targets helping women. And I think you're going to enjoy our interview. Now, before we get to the interview, I just want to announce two new changes, two exciting new things you can do. So I've started a newsletter called Invest Like a Honeybee. Not surprising, it's on Beehive. And please subscribe, and twice a month you'll get about a, ah, 250 words or less on an idea or something to do or comment I might have. It's just a way for me to basically get it out of my brain and share with you. So that's called Invest Like a Honeybee. It's the same name as this podcast, and you can get it at the Beehive platform for newsletters. Please subscribe today, and it'll show up in your inbox whenever I post them. The second really exciting thing is I've started a once a month. uh, Some people said to me it was a master class, but it really isn't because what it is is I take my 30 days of investing experience and what I'm doing, and I sort of condense it to 30 to 40 minutes so that you can sort of walk with me while I take on a deal or no deal. And the, the name of this on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, is Be Money Simple. Because my goal is to make money simple. And I, I mean for myself, but also for you. I, I want you to follow along while I do my deals and think through some things. And you'll also follow along as I lose a lot of money. I've got a... Um, deal crashing where I'm going to lose $75,000. I'm going to talk about that in future podcasts, but that's the inside view. I'm going to continue with Invest Like a Honeybee, this podcast once a month. Originally, I wasn't, but I think it's helpful. It's a, a bit of a different format. Now, it won't go drill down as much into what I'm doing, but I think it's enough. And, and this is actually podcast 164. I can't believe it. 164. So that's on Patreon. Be Money Simple. Or go to Beehive, which is a, a uh, platform for newsletters, and it's called Invest Like a Honeybee. Please subscribe. So let me get to this week's guest, Patty Handy. Great stuff. So today I'm with Patty. Patty, so so you, you responded time to my. I'm at the ocean here, which is why I'm kind of weird and kind of laid back and. You know, I don't smoke pot or anything, but I'm, I'm, I feel like it's it when good. I'm at the ocean. Uh, so what I want to do is really, I start everyone with the same thing. Tell me a little bit about, I'm fascinated to know, I did some background stuff. You wrote four books. You're really helping people, primarily women with investing, which is huge. I told my wife about it. She's excited. And I, I just want to know yes. how you got to where you are today. So take me all the way back. I was interested to know what you learned about money growing up because financial advisor, author, worked in mortgages, like, You'll get into some of that stuff, but tell us how you got into money in the first place. How it started. Well, it started with my parents and they um, 
were amazing and taught me about money. I uh, have five, well, four siblings, so five kids total. And because we were, you know, a big family, my parents always said, if you want something outside of what we give you, you need to buy it yourself. So I became entrepreneurial very, very young in my years. And at, you know, age eight or nine, I started a candy uh, little <laughs> boutique out of my garage. <laughs> Sounds like Warren Buffett. I think he did that too. Oh, did he? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I lived up in the hills in Sherman Oaks, and it was like three miles away from any stores. And I thought, well, if I love candy, then my, you know, neighborhood friends like candy, and so I'll sell it. So okay, hang on, and were you gouging the kids, Patty? Like, what were I you? Wasn't. What I, you I wasn't. I wasn't. I mean, I was making a little profit, but you know, no, I was not uh, too too <laughs> terrible. And then I, I graduated to to popsicles, and I was selling like popsicles. <laughs> How did you keep them cold in California? My parents had an outside refrigerator and freezer in the garage. So you um, ran around like from freezer to customer or something? Well, no, they came to me. They, oh, you they, had like a storefront in, in your house. They had, they knew that I, I sold the stuff. And so they came to me and. Okay. Um, so financial it, literacy is such a problem today among children. Did they directly teach you or just, I call that a, there's two types of no's that parents throw at kids. One is a, I call more of an organic no. We just don't have the money. So it's easy to say no. And then there's a basic strategic no where they have the money, but they say no to teach you a lesson. Now, your parents said no to you. Was that the sum total of what motivated you or did they actually sit you down and say, here's how you handle money? They never sat me down and told me how to handle money. I sort of learned by um, just watching them and they were great money managers. I learned strategically. My parents were you know, comfortable. And, uh, but because there was five of us, they were always very cautious of, you know, who got what and whatnot. So um, I just became very interested in that world. I actually- What were their professions? Sorry to interrupt. What did they do for a living? My dad, um, brilliant man. He was a, um, he worked on the space shuttle, the first one that went to the moon. He was a PhD wow. in, in physics, uh, master's in engineering. Um, he also taught at the college level because he just enjoyed it. So he did that after, after work. And my mom was a full-time, you know, homemaker with five kids. So wow. she wow. worked inside the house. He worked outside the house. So and did you read rich dad, poor dad? I did. Did you I think, did. was your dad the rich dad or the poor dad? They say it's all fantasy. Eh? He never had. Like there was no, anyway. There was no, yeah, rich dad, poor dad. Um, you know, my dad grew up a very poor. He grew up on a farm out of Boston mm. and he, uh, it was a, un, it was an uncomfortable childhood. I'll, I'll say that. And uh, so he didn't grow up with this abundance mindset. He grew up with the scarcity mindset and they were born in the, you know, in the thirties and, and that's the great depression. And so they had that situation. My mom, on the other hand, came from, from wealth. She came from a wealthy family and um, her, her uh, parents were involved in real estate and he had, a, you know, my grandfather had a business. And so they were polar opposites in that way, but um, had a beautiful marriage for 66 years. My dad oh, passed away man. a few years ago. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, thank you. Um, my mom is still with us, but she has dementia, so she's with us, but she's not one of those. So your uh, mom, situations. so your mom was sort of from the entrepreneurial business background. She had more, uh, just you know, watching her parents. My my mm -hmm. my mom's dad passed when she was, I think, twelve. So mm -hmm. it, unfortunately, she didn't have that, you know, going into her teenage years. Um, but my grandmother owned um, investment properties, and and she was, you oh, know, cool. she liked commercial properties, and so she would drive around the neighborhoods together, you know, with with her and her her uh, her mom, <laughs> looking at houses, and you know. So yes, I think she had sort you know, a lot of that, and and she was the one that 
manage the money. She was the one that would, um, you know, pay the bills and she would scout out real estate. And I remember going with my mom, driving around neighborhoods and looking at real estate. And I, that's probably where I got my love of, you know, real estate and, and numbers and, and creating wealth and just being comfortable yeah. with investing and all, all that. Before we move on with your career, tell me what you think your earliest memory of your definition of money would have been. Money is my earliest memory. Oh, yeah, like goodness. a definition of money. You know, the usual ones, there's always just enough or money's evil or money is this. You can help people. You know, there's different. Oh, the, the mindset type of thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say um, it was definitely a scarcity mindset. Um, it, it was not an abundant situation. Um, probably something like, you know, the old money doesn't grow on trees. I mean, that's okay. that's that type of overall philosophy. Save it, take care of it. David, yes. And okay. my parents are, you know, very well for themselves. They, you know, so I, I respect and honor everything they taught me and how they manage money. And so, so um, after you finished moving from the candy to popsicle hustle, <laughs> what was, what was your next step? My, in my, my next step, <laughs> uh, you know, I went to college uh, for accounting. I got my accounting degree and I was going to be a CPA. I did some. Oh, sorry. How did, oh. It was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> I thought, oh, what was I thinking? And um, I, yeah, so I got out of that quickly. So when I graduated college, I did the internships while I was still in school, but I was so far into my program, I wasn't going to change, you know, majors at that point. But right out of college, I went to work at a large investment banking um, firm, um, A.G. Baker Paribas, which actually is, I don't think, around anymore. But um uh, I, I got the love. I worked on the fixed income floor and they were screaming and yelling. And it was just like, I love the energy and it was just so much fun. So I got the bug very early. I was in my early 20s and uh, and then just went from there to a large bank and worked in their investment department and then um, got married. And hey, hang on, hang on. Let me start. You're going, was that like an auction situation for bonds? Like someone's got a you know, six point bond and you, someone has to buy it for a pension fund. Like, you just tell us a yes. little bit about what that was like? Yeah. So when I was there, I was just the newbie and I was doing operational stuff. I was not doing the actual trading. I didn't have that, those licenses, but yes, they would be on the squawk box back to, you know, New York and they'd be dealing with pensions, exactly what you were saying. And um, it was just the energy in the room. And I just, I watched them and I absorbed it. And um, okay, I just, so I I'm envisioning it. some very, um, non-accepting guys with cigars and you're a woman who shows up how i gotta ask you how tough was the whole transition being a woman in that world i'm a guy i'm not supposed to i don't even know if i'm supposed to ask that question anymore but i, I know the listeners want to know how did you survive that world you know what the uh the really cool thing is that two of the top traders there were women and oh, and one um is a very close dear friend of mine and has been since day one when i started working there um, and so fantastic ladies. And then the guys that were there were not these egotistical, um, uh, typical traders. They were sweet and warm and they brought me in and, um, very Great. supportive. And yeah, so it was a, it was a wonderful environment. I loved it. Without it dating you, what year are we talking here? I guess we're I'm talking, uh, 1980, uh, 1983, I think. So was. were you there in 87 when there was that fun on the markets and stuff? So um, about a year and a half after I started, A.G. Becker got bought out and okay. everyone lost their jobs. So everybody mm. left. So I was not with A.G. Becker. I was in, in, the, in 87. I was with Coast. Um, it was then Coast Savings. 
And that came about from my job at A.G. Becker. Um, Coast was one of our clients. And so I got to know them. I got introduced to them by one of the traders and I got a job in their um, Fed fund department. <laughs> so, okay. um, yeah, it just, you know, and I, and like I said, I just um, kept in that money world. And then where'd you go next? Like, where did you, how did you get into the financial? I think you were a financial planner for a while. So, um, yeah, that was fast forward. So I actually, um, after I got married, um, uh, I was still working at, I was working at SoCal Savings. That was a bank and I was working in their investment department. And then I um, became pregnant. Finally, we were trying for five years and finally had our baby by in vitro. But unfortunately, when he was 18 months old, my, um, we, we, we got divorced. So I went through this divorce and um, I actually wanted to be a stay-at-home mom because I had tried so hard to get my sweet son sure. and I yeah. wanted to be home with him. So I had left my job um, to enjoy being home. And so when I got divorced, I was unemployed and I had to figure out something fast and furious because I needed to get a, you know some income. Yikes. So yeah, it was not a fun time, um, but I got into the mortgage lending world, which allowed me to work at home and uh, have flexibility with my schedule. You know, the remote world that we have today was not the you know world then. And so um, it was beautiful. I worked in that world for 17 years and was able wow, to be- Wow, 17 be a, years. Yeah, long time. Um, I, it, was just, it was great for, for being a mom and being able to, you know, raise my son and be there for him. And so I, were you there when the crash happened, the real estate crashes? Did you get yes. through some of those too? How, oh, how, yeah. did, how was that? What year oh, and what were you dealing with? It was a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. it was just, you know- um, when the rates are up and down and, and you're dealing with people's emotions, you're dealing with, uh, you know, talking people off the ledges and the house was falling through and the, you know, the, the tanking of the values and um, it's a lot of chaos. And basically, you know, at the end of the day, you're doing a lot of life coaching. You're doing a lot of just coaching with, and I, I am actually a certified life coach. Um, I did that just because I love that world as well. Mm -hmm. But um it was a lot of life coaching and a lot of like talking people off the ledge. And it was the same thing. I then left mortgages and I went into financial planning and was a financial advisor and we had COVID and the market went down in, you know, what, 34 days, it went down 30% or whatever crazy number it was. So we had some clients who were like, oh my God, pull out. And we're like, no, no, let's just, you know, <laughs> calm down. Um, so it was the same kind of thing where we talk people off the ledge and, you know, we listen and we understand their situation and we, you know, help navigate them to the, I have to ask you, being a mortgage expert, um, I was having a discussion about two weeks ago, kind of a strong one, with a person who runs a $20 billion real estate fund. Hmm. And he was sitting on a lot of variable mortgages. Hmm. And I said, buddy, what were you thinking about? When when interest rates were, like, I we have a mortgage portfolio, like a real estate, and we locked everything in. And, long, you know, when interest rates were 2.5%, are you kidding? Because we lived, as you know, you're... You're not 20 as I'm not, and you you know 14 and 18 percent and all that stuff. Right. So when they were two and a half percent, I thought, you know, this is uh, we talked about it. We locked in pretty much everything. But if you're running a 20 billion dollar fund, mm. don't you think you might think of locking them all in? Like, what what is the thinking other than making more profit on a variable? You make one point on 20 billion, you're making 200 million more in money. I get it, but there's a risk there. 
Yeah, most definitely there's a risk. Um, I, I, you know, there's got to be a method to their madness. I, I'm not, no. you know. <laughs> no. They had to stop giving dividends to grandmas and it's a mess. Oh, yeah, that's that's not good. Yeah, we had, um, actually, I locked into a 30-year fixed at 2.625 on my house oh, personally. Wow. And I'm never paying that puppy off. I mean, that thing is going <laughs> to just. Uh... We only have five or 10 years here. That's it. That's the max in Canada. Oh, really? That's every five or 10. Some people oh. are even down to two or three. Okay. So I'm in the United States and we have a 30, yeah, I have course. a 30 year fixed and, yeah. and um, yeah, so I'm taking that to my ripe old age. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry to, sorry to get off track there. So, so now you're into uh, COVID comes and, and what happened with COVID in your financial planning, coaching, what happened then? Yeah, it was just um, lots of, like I said, a lot of coaching, a lot of just listening and 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 a lot of the behavioral fi finance that goes into those conversations. Um, most of our clients, you know, the vast majority understood the markets, understood the long-term game, understand, you know, what's involved with investing and the portfolios were allocated correctly. We did have somebody who was 85 in 100% equities, right? I mean, you just, we didn't do that. So we made sure we reminded them of how we were, you know, we were designed and the portfolio was still, you know, allocated correctly. And once they walked through that conversation with them, they were okay. But, you know, when you open your statement and you see this, you know, major loss, it's like, holy, Toledo um so uh yeah I mean that, that was that was what it was but I loved the I've always loved the behavioral finance and I always loved the coaching part of it um and it was just that part was just more there was more compassion behind that there was more understanding and conversation and getting to know their story and getting to know their situation what percent I, of your clients are women um well, at the firm, I'm no longer with the firm. I'm now right. in, in coaching. But yeah, when I was there, um, I would say um, the vast majority were couples. Mm. I probably had, um, uh, mm, we probably had as a firm, I would say maybe 10% were women who were either divorced or widowed. Because I, um, I saw your website, you specialized in, in helping women through financial yeah. Stuff. And that, is that still a focus of what you do? Yes. Yeah. So what I did is actually in April of this year in 2023, I decided to leave the firm and pivot and go out on my own and do financial coaching, which um, and my primary focus is, is women and divorced, widowed and single women. And that kind of came about by a couple things. One is I remember, I'll go back to my divorce. I remember very early on in my divorce years, um, laying in a fetal position, just sobbing with overwhelm of the divorce and having this toddler and what do I do? And, oh my gosh, and my life is over and all those things that go through your head. And I had this very strange download. Um, I call it a God wink where it was, you're going to be okay financially because you know how to handle your money. And I wasn't thinking about the money, honestly, at that moment, it was just dealing with my son and dealing with the grief. And, um, I remember, you know, months later coming out of the fog thinking, I'm going to somehow turn this around, turn this experience around and help other women because I know this is a struggling situation. Um, so I, you know, was busy working, raising my son and making a living and I never really did anything with it. Um, but I had opportunities in different capacities to do some speaking here and there to some women's groups and whatnot. And that was always a lot of fun. But I had many, many conversations between being in the mortgage business and being in the financial services with women who were divorced or widowed, who would be in tears, who were overwhelmed, who were very afraid, who were embarrassed, um, 
didn't know if they were going to have enough money to retire, didn't want to be a burden to the kids. You know, a lot of the same conversations were coming up over and over. And I um, just thought I needed to serve this demographic in a bigger, better way. And so I took the leap of faith. I left my company, you know, my, my firm I was with, um, and start my, my coaching, my financial coaching, which does incorporate a lot more of the coaching piece. Um, I don't, manage assets anymore. I don't have any of that. I'm purely education and, and, and coaching. And I work. So let me ask you this one, because I, I, I think the, the big problem we have with people is that the, the big, the best way to lose all your money is to do this one thing. And that's give up control and give up mm -hmm. control of it. To me means you don't either want to, or care to learn to manage your money. And I guess I'd, I want to ask you about that. When you see people, what do you think it is that stops people from, you know, when I say give up control, I don't mean you hire financial planners are bad. I just mean you know everything they're doing and you understand where your money is. Uh, why is that hard for people, do you think? They want to just give it to the bank person or throw it in a, a bond for 10 years, even though it yeah. won't help with inflation. Why do you think people don't yeah. care to learn about money? You know, I think it's, I don't know that they don't care to learn about it. I think it's overwhelming to many. And because it's just um, not something that they learned in school and they probably didn't learn it at home, it's very foreign. And it's just easier for them to go, I'm going to give it to a professional, let them figure it out. And I trust them. So here, here's my assets. The unfortunate thing is with, um, you know, most firms, they have a minimum. So if you don't have a larger portfolio, you can't get help from a financial advisor, which is, you know, neither here nor there, but um, you can, and there were in fact many ladies that I had to turn away because we didn't, they didn't have the minimum portfolio that we required, which was What was just, the minimum back then? Uh, with my particular firm, it was 500,000. And yeah, that, that's liquid assets, stocks, money, whatever, that's not real investment, estate. That's not real right. estate. That's not right. net worth. This is just retirement accounts, um, you know, brokerage accounts. So here um, people with less go to their local bank and they get a weekend trained 25 year old who throws them in a mutual fund. What what happens to people in California, America who don't have that five hundred thousand? Yeah, so um, hopefully they talk to me. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> that's that's the plan. Um, you know, if if they they get educated, if they if they want it bad enough, they'll they'll seek out somebody and get some get some training, get some feedback from somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, you know, online, there's some good resources, but there's a lot of noise online and it's hard to decipher what's not true and what's true and what's accurate and not accurate. And right. I've seen things that's not accurate. So it's like, you got to be careful. So let me ask um, you this. So I, I'm in vet, Mary and I were invested in real estate, some public companies, primarily real estate, a couple of businesses. Plus we have a angel fund of uh, startups, about 24 startups we funded over the years. Hmm. So we have a bit of a thing going on. Um, that's how I invest. How do you invest personally? Me personally? Yeah. What do you do? Um, I have it in the, in the markets between, you know, equities and bonds and um, some, I have my own, own, own a home. So I've got real estate. Um, I tend to keep it more simple. Um, I, I just, I keep it, you know, there's, there's three legs, you know, I, that might've been the rich dad, poor dad thing. I don't know, but the three legs to the table and that is real estate, you know, financial markets and entrepreneurship. And I have all three of those. Oh, good. So okay. I, I, I keep that somewhat simplified. Um, and that's, that's my personal. Will you so, ever retire? I love what I do. Um, I, I don't know that I'll ever retire. I think when my son uh, has kids and I'm a grandma, I'm going to work a lot less hours. 
Because <laughs> my, you know, my number one bucket list item is being a grandma and playing with my babies and, and taking them on field trips. How close are you to that? Any Anybody ready to have babies? Well, my son just got engaged. I have Fantastic. my one son. And so wow. I'm very excited. Um, it'll be a long-term engagement just because she's still in school. She's going to um, physical therapy school. So her med school is is a couple more years. And uh, and then it'll you know they'll be married in two years and you know I do want them to have fun and travel and you know be together for a while not have no you don't you want grandkids come on we've got grandkids <laughs> it's a great thing you want them we just have a we have three and oh yay one and a half years up to twelve and oh, fun. Uh, I'm telling you it's it's the most amazing thing it's so yeah. great it's a wonderful right. thing so so a couple of things before we go I went to your site and I saw that you had three different training programs that are. Uh, educational you can purchase this isn't like a commercial i just want to know about it so so what what are what is in each of those programs do you still offer them and uh and what is it what are they about yes so actually it's one program i have minding oh. her money which is a i know it's not really clear on the website i'm working on trying to make that a little bit more clear there's three price points I saw. there's three there's price a, points yeah, yes yeah. so the um the program is minding her money and it incorporates nine different areas that i focus on to you know, help these women gain confidence and clarity and feel secure and stable. The transformation for them is that place of I'm a badass money manager. I mean, that's really what they are going to end up with after this. So the course is a digital online course that they get to have. It's a lifetime access to this course. And the three pri price points are, are as follows. So the first price point is here's the course. Enjoy it. It's that you, you know, self-study, go at your pace and, you know, Thank you very much and enjoy and learn. And I, I want to hear all about it. The second price point is um, 90 days of group coaching along with that um, program. So the, and there's, so there's the ability to have, you know, be in the hot seat if you do coaching and it's all done virtually. So I can help someone anywhere, you know, in the U S really. Mm -hmm. And then the third component is six months worth of group coaching and then a um, an option to do five one-on-ones with me personally, where we go deeper dive into their, you know, personal situation. So somebody who has a lot of moving parts and a lot of um, unique things that have, they have to work through, um, then they, you know, can can purchase that uh, or invest in that particular, um, you know, price point. And, is there and any like, minimum, sorry, is there any minimum of assets to be involved with your programs? No, no, there's no, there's no minimums at all. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't manage the assets. So okay. um, I teach them how to go on to Fidelity and Vanguard and look at the funds and decide how to allocate and how to look at the performance and how to look at expense ratios and, you know, how to make these decisions and what, what is an index fund and what's an ETF? How's that trade differently? What's the difference between, you know, a bond and a, and a, and, a, and an equity, you know, and some of the conversations are, are somewhat basic. Hmm. Um, but I also include, I mean, it's, again nine modules so there's a, there's a module on self-care there's a module on your money mindset and your belief system around your money your relationship with your money which is huge um you know how to get organized and it keeps things simplified i go into credit and how to um, get your credit score up and manage that correctly there's a lot of myths online about credit um, how to buy a house on your own as a, as a single woman and what lenders look for in terms of qualifying. Um, we talk about, you know, getting on a credit card debt, creating a budget. We have a spending tracker that we we go through, um, you know, side hustles if you want to do a side hustle. And then we talk about investing basics, you know, some common lingo. We break that down in simple terms. And then we talk a little bit more um, advanced, you know, tax strategies like Roth conversions and tax loss harvesting and some of those things that may or may not make sense. And if they decide to use an advisor, they can then go in there 
confident enough to go, okay, are we doing a Roth conversion? Why, why not? Why, why not? Tell me about what you're doing with my, my money. Perfect. So now, they, can they you do Canadians questions. too? Sorry. Can you do Canadians? You know, I was asked that recently. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the Canadian. I mean, I don't know, like out of us, like the Canadian. Well, if like, you forget taxes, system. if you forget taxes, everything should be applicable, shouldn't it? It's the I same. Mean, so what about credit? I don't know. Like do you guys, you don't have the same credit scoring system as we do in the U S do you? Sure. Do you? We do. Oh, you do have the okay. Well, so we have, have two different. I I think uh, if you go up to eight or nine hundred is the highest, and you can go all the way down to I guess three, zero. Th well, uh, it's three three fifty to eight fifty. Yep. Uh, in, in we the have States. that here, same system. Okay. We have all yeah. kinds of tools and so it wouldn't take you much to. I, I just want because we do have some Canadian. I mean, obviously we're in Canada and. There's some people I'd like to throw this to that probably could benefit. And I think if it, it it's just, you know, in, in, in the investing we do, uh, it, there aren't enough. Um, I know you shouldn't say this today, but there aren't enough female led um, yeah. funds and um, startups because any of the. Um, can I say female? What do I? I don't know. I don't know. What do I mean? it, it's, it's your podcast. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, they're going to they're gonna look me up. Um <laughs> If it's a if it's a female run, and, and I think there's a lot. I, I know this. I think women are better investors. I think there isn't testosterone getting in the way so much. Um, it just seems to be. I, I know I shouldn't. Is it bad to say that women are really good at? Investing? Well, there are statistics. If you go online and you research it, it's yep. proven that women are better at, at money managing. Why so, do you think yes, that's investors. the case? Um, I think a lot of ego is kept out. Yeah. There is a yeah. lot of just common sense thinking, and there's a lot of I have to be careful here. What I, say. So I know. Yeah. I don't piss off the man. I mean, men are brilliant. I mean, it's not about men versus no, women. No, some of them are pretty stupid. Come it's, on, there's, there's a lot of stupid men out there. Well, you know, it's interesting. I heard a quote um, on a podcast um, some time back, and I can't remember who it was that said it, but he had done a survey and did some studies and whatnot, and he came back and said that men looked at investing as a challenge. And women looked at investing as a threat. Mm. So that different mentality, that different mindset towards it certainly has a factor. But I think men are more prone to, I don't mean a, a blanket statement. This is just generalizing oh, you can here. Say it. Go ahead. But I think men tend to, um, they, they won't admit that they don't understand something and say, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. I need help. Where women will go, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And there is that ego that's that's separate. Now, there's some women who will say, I don't know, you know, or, or not say that. And there's some men, you know, vice versa. But um, for the most part, women are more apt to go. I really don't get it. And they're just more apt to, you know, analyze and think things through, not do knee, knee jerk, you know, trays and, and, and whatnot, um, keeping the emotions out of it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's proven. And unfortunately, there's very I think the percentage you might know more than me on this, but there's probably. Uh, twenty percent of the advisors out there in the U.S. are are are, are female. Are, are, well, are I'm not hearing. Uh, I've looked and I can't find any uh, female podcasters on finance that, mm. that that are in it and doing it. Say real estate, for example. They're they're guests or they're in. And I think it's. Um, I just I don't know. And, and pretty soon, I guess we can't even ask the question. But I think there's some really incredible women who don't get opportunity. Uh, for whatever reason, to to start yeah. businesses, start investment funds, and uh, and so on, and I think we're missing out. I mean, if I've always looked for uh, when we're doing the angel fund, looked for you know female entrepreneurs who have started a business, and also mm -hmm. unfortunately, um, sometimes women have a, a real challenge to get to where they are, which means that they'll 
they'll fight when things get bad where a lot of men will just cash it in and say, well, I don't, you know, like if we had, you know, if we had to have babies, there wouldn't be any because we're all wimps. Men are, we're, we're not that strong when it comes <laughs> to a, certain things. That's a whole nother conversation about yeah, that. Yeah, but you yeah. know what I mean? We've all, <laughs> we had three children. We have three children and I don't, I couldn't do any of it. My wife's crazy. So anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, just say, you sure. know, this is, this is probably our last one on this podcast till we convert over to the um, Patreon thing. But this has been, you, you're the best person I've had on the podcast. It's been refreshing to hear you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very sweet. It's been a blast and I'm happy to help in any way I can. And I'm what thinking about do, doing my own podcast. So maybe I'll have say, you on yeah, my podcast. I'd love to. I'll send you, I'll send you a copy of our book. Uh, what grandpa learned from his honeybees that we wrote just coincidentally for our grandkids. So I'll send you it. that. Um, and uh, what else was I going to say? Uh, we'll keep in touch because I think um, I'll put it up. It'll be up in August. And um, okay. I'll also reference it when we get over to, patreon and if the book's helpful let me know i'll try to get you i don't know how many clients you have but i can get you pdfs you can you can freely put a pdf if i send you one onto your kindle it's the quickest way mm, and i'll send okay. you a pdf and you can yeah do you have a kindle probably i i i don't i love <laughs> I, I i love a paper I, 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 I love the book because I'm on the computer all day long. So my, yeah. my, my eyes hurt, but I, I, I love the paper and I sometimes take notes and books. And so okay. I, I like to. Well, if you send me, if you send me your um, snail mail address, I'll send you out a book. Okay. Thank you. All That's right. really sweet of you. I appreciate that. Hank. Any final thoughts before we go? Patty? You know, I would just say for those who are listening, who are going through, if you're, you know, a woman and you're going through divorce or you're widowed and you're struggling with this, I would just say, give yourself some grace uh, be kind to yourself as you navigate this. Don't make any big decisions when you're in the middle of this emotional turmoil. Wait until you've kind of come out the other side and you've got the clouds that are lifted and and don't let anybody force you into buying something you don't understand. If someone's trying to pitch a product to you that you don't understand, then don't buy it. Um, I always say that if you can't turn around and teach it to a fifth grader, then you shouldn't be investing it in yourself. Um, so just be okay with, you know, saying to whoever's showing you this product, I don't understand what you're explaining to me. You got to explain it to me in different words. Um, or right now it's a pause. I'll have to come back to you on that and be okay with saying that. Don't feel pressure to make anything or do anything or invest in anything that doesn't feel right. And trust your gut. You know, us women are extremely intuitive. And if we are just still enough and quiet enough, we can hear that, 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 uh, that, that gut feeling, that intuition, follow it because it's almost always right. Well, I'm so glad you said that because one of the things we're focusing on in the new podcast is what I call Be Money Smart, B-E-E -E, Money Smart, to get control of your money. And what you are is a resource for people to sign up with who can become even more like I'm going to do some rudiment. Basically, what I'm going to do is take people through deals. So, yeah. you know, I, I review a stock uh, or I review a property I'm buying in real time, like. Nice. And, and and what you can learn from it and what I did and how I, I've got one I'm unfortunately working on how I lost 75 grand last week in a, in a, mm. in a fund I invested in and a, a, sorry, a company I invested in and, and why I should have known it was uh, not going to work. And I was dumb and stupid and lost 75 grand. So it would be really helpful to have, a, I almost call it a network now of people like yourself that we can just say, this is part of becoming um, smart with your money, be smart with your money. And also it helps you get control of your money. And then if you want to hand like you say, hand it off to whoever, but you have the questions. It's, you know right. what to ask. You say you want 
you know, um, financial statements every three months, whatever it is to make right. sure your money's still under your control. So thanks Absolutely. again, Patty. Great talking to you. Thank you. Likewise, I appreciate you having me. We'll talk soon. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks to Patty for that great interview and that motivation and that discussion on women investing and how women actually, in most cases, are better than men. Sorry you had to say it when it comes to investing. Please remember, go to Patreon, uh, subscribe. Any of the funds we, we realize from that uh, program go right into our, our work, this podcast, other podcasts, plus ecosystem restoration of our honeybees. Um, also remember, invest like a honeybee. Pick up the newsletter subscription so you can get my thoughts twice a month and have some fun with those as well. You have an amazing month. We'll talk soon.